All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, what's going on, everybody? It's the Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and guest co-host Anthony Stewart with you. Stewie, first and foremost, great to see you back in the mix today. Your initial thoughts on Frozen Frenzy. 16 games, a staggered start time, although in Columbus, oh, the power went out, so we didn't get that very much. Yeah, a bit of a delayed start uh, in that uh, Columbus game, too, but I, I love it. We talk about, uh, you know, sort of the competitors that the NHL has to deal with on a daily basis in the NFL and NBA, and um, you know, they do all those games where they have those staggered starts. So my main thing is it's uh, I don't want to see it on a Tuesday. I want to see it on a Saturday night where, you know, maybe you start at 12 o'clock and you go all the way to an 11 o'clock game. So uh, it's a good start, but I was definitely entertained. And if you wanted to watch hockey, you know, you could stay up last night till probably one one thirty uh, Eastern time. You know, it's funny you say that. And you're right, because like, I don't know if they were they were late to the ball and marketing this thing, but it seemed like it really got loud in the last like five days. And on top of that, I don't know if they meant to do this, but the NBA season started last night. Major league baseball had a game seven. I just thought, I just wonder how the numbers will look in the States, you know? Yeah, but you just saw the hype, right? You're seeing, uh, you know, a bunch of people from the NHL on the McAfee show, um, you know, they're sitting around with no sleeves on. So there's a lot of hype around it. So <laughs> Um, I think, you know, maybe do a little bit better job of having some marquee matchups, you know, maybe seeing a Bedard versus, a, uh, you know, a Connor McDavid. But again, I, I wouldn't want to wish the scheduler job on anybody. It's tough. It's tough. You're gonna have some people are going to be upset, but uh, it's definitely a great start. And I was definitely entertained yesterday. So you're referencing Bouchergras. Uh, how much would I have to pay you to do a hit on national TV, especially something as big as the McAfee show in a beater? <laughs> it's Pipes funny I was, reading, I was reading the comments and like he looks like a mob boss and all that yeah. but it, it's I, I i like the fact that the game um is getting exposure it's it's trending for stuff other than on the ice because that's how you grow the game you want to see the personalities you want to see uh the day in the life of some of the players i think um matthews is on with uh mcavee today as well too so yeah. it's it, it's great it's it's great for the game it's great exposure and as me as a fan now that i'm done playing it, it's amazing to see I thought I was watching an episode of The Sopranos. Like, I thought he was going to pull out a chicken parm and rip it off on air. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was – it's good for the league, and it's good for a, a brand like the McAfee show to start covering hockey. I know there's integration, obviously, with ESPN, but that could only help things in the States. Because I don't want to call it maxed out here in Canada, Stewie, but there's only there's only a level you can get to. I think the next step is to keep growing the game in the States and other places, right? <laughs> 
Absolutely. And I go back to my days in Atlanta and, you know, we had five black hockey players and we're in Atlanta, which is probably the, the major, one of the major minority cities in, in North America. And they didn't do anything to sort of promote us or promote that. Hey, here's a team now that, uh, you know, doesn't look like others. So I think they can do a better job in, in growing that and, and telling some of those stories. And it's, it's a great start. So uh, kudos to the NHL and uh, the PR department in, in, in doing that because for you know the last week, uh, the hype around that day, Frozen Frenzy was definitely great. If the Thrashers ever came back, Stewie, what are the chances you're 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 part of that team in some capacity, whether it's ownership having like a one percent st- stake in in it? Like, what, would you be in the mix? You think? I think I'd be player liaison, showing them around the town, and because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always say James Harden's favorite place is Atlanta. Oh, it's it's you. You ask anyone that's played in Atlanta, they'll be like, "I love the city." They always talk about the city. I love the city of Atlanta, and I lived in Atlantic Station, and just seeing the celebrities there. And uh, it's funny, like they leave their celebrities alone. Like you'll see Usher walking through the mall, no one's coming up asking him for. Uh, autographs. I'm a big fan of young Jeezy and, you know, you're sitting at a table across from him. That's so um, it's, it's an amazing city. It's an amazing market. Yeah. I think they could do a better job in trying to get some fans, but I tell the story, Joe Johnson killed the trashers. He killed the thrashers as the owners weren't too happy with giving him that big $200 million contract. And uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, cash out and that's what ended up killing the thrashers. So Joe Johnson, if you're listening, you know, try to stay out of Atlanta because uh, they come back, we need uh, as much money as possible. I'm sure he's watching and listening right now. And yeah, that's the only thing I've had. Uh, I've, I haven't really taken a bite out of Atlanta yet. I've, I've gone through that airport, which is massive for anybody who stopped in the Atlanta airport. Dude, it's so big. Like you need to give yourself time in that place. I can only wonder how the city is, how big it is. Oh, it's, it's, it's great from Buckhead to Midtown. And, you know, it's, it's funny. The traffic is bad. You know, we talk about Toronto traffic and it's funny. Sometimes I know I was a guy like to be at the arena three, three hours before, but sometimes you get caught in the traffic and I'd be sitting there about, you know, 500 feet away from the rink. And some players would have to park their cars a mile from the rink and start running. So here I am almost at the rink and you're seeing my line mate, you know, high stepping it down, <laughs> down, downtown because he didn't want to be late. So uh, it's, it's, it's funny. You, you ask some of the old school players that played there. They always talk about that being one of their favorite places to play and those jerseys i always remember those you think it would work coming back like i know this is making headlines and we're going to get to the leaf story from last night but do you think it would work coming back to atlanta i i, I think so and i think it'll take yeah. some ownership with some deep pockets and you know you look at the east coast team right now the gladiators i think they had five thousand fans right so i think if the arena that i think they're building it out of uh is going to be i think out of the city uh, a little bit more in the suburbs. I think, I think it can do well for me um, as a hockey fan and growing the game in the South. I played in Florida. I played in Carolina. They are legitimate hockey fans in Carolina. So I think the third time's a charm in Atlanta, but I think with owners with some deep pockets, they can make it work. Quote unquote, unconventional hockey markets, right? And uh, Gary Bettman has done well in the past of bringing teams to different places. Like if I were to tell you 10 years ago that Vegas would be flourishing the way it is, I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights win a Stanley Cup and all they do to follow that up. And we know there's no hangovers in Vegas because you get IVs on a daily basis. As we know, they're 7 0 out of the gate. So certainly some aspirations in that market at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching right now and not subscribed, help us out. Search Leafs Morning Take wherever you get your podcasts as well. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. Thanks to DoorDash. You don't have to worry about cooking dinner or running to the store anymore. For a limited time, our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, uppercase for NATION25. Please know that the offer is currently only valid in Canada, subject to change. And terms apply. As Joseph Wall is becoming a bigger and bigger story by the day, Stewie, 36 stops last night. First off, like, what did you think of his game? Because, like, I had a lot of people messaging me. And you know this market, a goalie has a couple games, and you're like, holy smokes. Again, I, I, I know he comes with the pedigree. But I thought it was a lot of shots from the outside. But this is what you need. A quiet, confident effort from your goaltender makes 36 stops and a victory here for the Leafs. Well, he definitely had a, a great game uh, last night, and he's a 958 and 145 uh, goals against uh, on the season. Uh, but the one thing I'm surprised by is just the, the calmness in his game, right? He doesn't seem like he's swimming in the crease. Um, he, he just finds a way to get in front of the pucks. And then I heard some headlines of him being compared to Carey Price. But 
I think it's based on his style. Yeah, he's not, he's got a long way to become a Carey Price, but you know, I remember when Price uh, came into the league, he just seemed to be in front of the puck waiting for it to hit him. So Wall's a big guy, similar in, in stature, where the pucks just seem to hit him. Uh, so I, I like the confidence. I like the fact that he's outside of his crease. He's challenging uh, pucks, and he doesn't look like a young rookie. He looks like a guy that knows exactly you know, the, the, the two, what it takes to be a national hockey league goaltender. So um, to do it in this market, I know it's early, it's a small sample size. And that's what I, we talk about Freddie Anderson, you know, a couple of years ago, why I said he was a top five goalie in the national hockey league to be able to come in, into Toronto, into the spotlight. And the only headline that ever happened was you, when you, when you left, <laughs> that shows what type of goaltender that he was. So um, it, it takes a special kind of goalie to thrive in this market. And it's a small sample size, but wall so far has, has proven that, Hey, you know what, when relied upon, he can step up and, and answer the call. Hey, unbelievably, those comments by Max Domi sort of comparing him and his demeanor, as you mentioned, to Carey Price were taken out of context and obviously the media in Toronto ran with it. But I, that's exactly what was meant in the context, I thought, by Max Domi is that he's very, very quiet. Like, that's the first thing I noticed way back when, when Joseph Wall made his debut. Like, there's not an overreaction one way or another. And I'm not Mr. Goalie Guru or anything, but I think you playing the game and having been in this league you have a lot of confidence in the goaltender who sort of reacts secondary. And I think I see that a lot with Joseph Wall, where he's very patient. It's sort of like he analyzes. You know, it's sort of like when you talk to somebody, there's a lot of people in this world where you talk to them, they take in what you say, and then they respond. I think that translates to Joseph Wall and how he plays. Again, granted, very early on in his NHL career, but there's this calmness to him I really like, Stewie. Yeah, especially with all the pressure of, of this year, with the team only making it to the second round last year and, and talking about, you know, the core four and the window and, you know, how much is, is riding on this season. And, um, you know, to, to come in relief of Samsonov last game and then just come in and put up another stellar performance, I think that's that's what's needed for this group. And um, I, I think for this team to take the next step, especially in the playoffs, you need that 1A, 1B. So for him to come in early and show, hey, you know, I can play 25, I can play 30. If you need me to play 45 or 50, I can be that guy. So I, I think that's great. But what I liked as well was uh, the Leafs didn't necessarily switch up their style. They weren't trying to overly protect them or insulate them. You know, you saw the goal on uh, that Oveshkin scored. You know, the, they weren't focusing on defense on that particular play. Uh, and again, so he's shown that he can handle it. And again, I played with some great goalies in Luongo. Bocoon, Craig Anderson, and you mentioned that there's no high too high or low too low. So um, again, I know we're a little bit overanalyzing it because it's, it's, it's his second or third start. Uh, but again, it's, it's early, but he's showing that, Hey, he can do the job. Goaltenders are a different breed. There's no doubt about that. And as you know, uh, Rosie and I had a chance to interview Wolsey um, back in the summer, I guess, just after the season ended. And uh, the first thing that we realized is that he doesn't have social media, dude, which I think is pretty, pretty surreal in 2023, not to have any form of social media. I think that's perfect for a goalie and perfect for somebody who plays in this market, right? Like, it's like he blocks the outside noise, which just tells you more about his demeanor and how he handles life in general and how he just shoves everything aside. Like, even the whole thing with Radko Gudis, like, people are still trying to make that a story, how Gudis sort of hollered in his year when the Panthers won that series and moved on to the next round. And right away, I think Wolf flushed it. Like you need, you need the memory of a goldfish when you're a goalie, I think. I think so. But I, I want to see his phone there. He must have a ghost account. Yeah. He might have, he might be uh the clap bomb on, on Twitter or, or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> but it's, it's, it, it's good. And and I look at young goaltenders and I could see the success that they're going to have based on their preparation and how they're ready and their mindset. And that's half the battle. A lot of goalies are big. They can move, they can skate, but I think it's the mindset that separates um, a lot of goaltenders from others. And, you know, I, I see a lot of work with Andy Kyoto and he works with Bennington and some other NHL goaltenders and they focus just on the mindset, getting your mind right. So for him to be in this market and admit it. Hey, I don't have social media. I don't read what you guys are saying. I don't care what you're saying and, and, and uh, not having that affect them. That's, that's, that's half the battle. I think uh, in Toronto, I truly feel like there's a lot of players who obviously read the media, watch the media, but there's also a lot who just don't give a shit. And I feel like wall is in that capacity. Although again, he's just getting his foot wet here in this market. Got to ask you too, like who is the most unique? I don't want to use the word weird, but cause every goalie is weird, but who's the most unique goalie you've ever played with Sui? Ah, uh, there's a lot. Cassie of Nerman in or what? No, I don't think I played with him. I'm trying to think. No. Uh, ba, 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 ba. 
No, I, I think I'll, I'll go by competitive. And I think it was Luongo. And, uh, you know, in Florida, believe it or not, I was healthy scratch for a bunch of games, especially early on in my career. And um, I would shoot on him uh, before practice and I'd light him up. Don't ask me how, but I'd light him up. And, you know, finally, you know, he just got so upset that I was lighting him up in these, in these skates. He'd be like, why don't you just do this in a game? <laughs> You're lighting me up. Why can't you do it in a game? And I think I had like two goals that year too. So um, I, I don't necessarily like the word weird. I, I like the word competitive. Luongo was very, very uh, competitive. I played with Chris Mason as well, where yeah. if you scored on him in practice and you celebrated, he would chase you down the ice. What are you doing? So literally, <laughs> so I, I like the competitive spirit of goaltenders because yeah, there's no high to high or low to low, but they, they take offense when pucks go in the net and that shows the competitive side of some of these goalies in the league. Yeah. Mace is very, very competitive. Even if I like trash talk, like UC Soros or back in the day, Peck arena on social media, the first person yeah. I was getting a message from <laughs> was Mace, man. He does a great job out in Nashville. And I'm happy you brought up Luongo too. Like my brother was a goalie growing up and one of his inspirations was Roberto Luongo came full circle for some of you who don't know. And Stewie, you're from Quebec too. I'm from Quebec. One of the arenas I used to visit and I used to go watch hockey religiously with my grandfather when I was a little kid. Uh, it's now named the Roberto Luongo arena. The other is the Martin Bruder arena. Just crazy how it comes full circle. It just shows you how quickly time passes too. Yeah, Luongo is a great guy, and I, I had the opportunity to go to his Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, and you know I talked to him uh, beforehand and during the ceremony, and it was like we picked up. Like yeah, we didn't really connect over the years, but we picked up from where we left off. We were talking about his family's, uh, his wife's family's Italian restaurant, and yeah. how I'd order a meatball sub and eat half of it before the game and the other half after the game too. So, uh, great goaltender, but uh, even better person. Speaking of better person, I mean, you're an absolute stud. We hit it off from day one at Sportsnet. You you brought me to a restaurant in Vegas and forever I'm indebted to you because I know you love Italian food in that place. Rock. What was it called again? Mangiano's? Maggiano's. And that's the yeah. thing. When you go to Vegas, like it, it's, it's <laughs> tough to really eat every single day, but that is the key to a good Vegas trip. One family style at Maggiano's that you're set for the rest of the week too. So no, that was great. I think we had some chicken par. We, we had we everything. everything. <laughs> we, we had everything. That was all-star weekend in Vegas a couple of years ago. We got our feet on and then we hit the club. It was an unreal night. Dude, Austin Matthews. Um, I don't know if you've read his first couple games of this season, but there's like a swagger that that's back. Like Stella got her groove back, man. Like a goal and assist last night ends the mini three game slump. What have you seen in his game early on here? Just the confidence, right? And, and I wonder if he was hurt, you know, throughout the year last year. He just seems like he's a threat every single shift to score. He goes on the ice expecting to make something happen. And you look at that power play goal that he scored. Like, as soon as that came off his stick, you're like, okay, that's going Gone. in. And I'm yeah. surprised he didn't kill whoever was in front. I think it was Nylander with the net front there, too. So we talk about shots being a weapon. There's two or three guys in the league. And, uh, you know, we talk about Oveshkin and Stamkos. His shot is a weapon. Uh, but I like how he's getting it done, <clears throat> excuse me, on <clears throat> on both ends of the ice as well, too. He's using his body. He's engaged. He's playing physical. We're seeing him kill penalties now, which, again, I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of that. I like their stars getting involved in the game. So he's just engaged. And a superstar, you know, you can get away with taking nights off, but he seems every single shift, he's a threat to score, but he's mostly engaged every single shift. You know, what's been most noticeable for me, weirdly enough, is his skating. I, I don't know what he did in the summer. And I know I talked to Matthew Nyes a bit. They skated together in the offseason. But it seems like he has that extra jump. Like, even the way he blew by Victor Hedman over the weekend, you're like, holy crap. Like, he was already a good skater. But at that frame, to skate the way he does, it just makes him even more elite, doesn't it? Yeah. And I see some of the superstars. They always work on turning their non strengths into major strengths right and we talked about Crosby before and you know can he really shoot the puck and can he score 50 goals and he went and turned that goal scoring prowess into a strength so I think for him uh, being one of the elite players in the league whatever it is he needs to work on I think he he really goes above and beyond to turn that into a strength so whether that is losing five six pounds whether it is working on his edges and you know a lot of the pros I see uh, in the offseason do spend particular amount of time working on edges with edge coaches as well too. So I think for him, he just looks lighter on his feet. He has a little bit more bounce every single shift, but it, people need to understand it's an 82 game season. It 
it weighs in on you. It weighs in. It's tough. There's a lot of expectations. There's the highs and lows. And uh, it's it's very easy to shut it down for a five, six game stretch. But I think for him, this is we're seeing the evolution of Austin Matthews where he's turning it on and showing it every single night. Seven goals in six games for Matthews so far. And uh, weirdly enough, it's funny how this works out. Uh, the stories come out that he played with half a wrist last year, right? Like, I don't know if you've been seeing these. They've been servicing the last little while. He still scores 40 goals with half a wrist last year. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV and you know, everyone's talking about that being an, uh, an off season 40 goal. I don't think I had 40 career goals. So if, you, if that's an off season, give me, give me a couple of those and uh, I'll, I'll take those to the bank. But I think just shows and it's not even about the expectations of the media or the team. I think it's of himself. I think now he says, Hey, you know what? I want to be a guy that's going to score 50 and maybe challenge 60, 65 every single year. Uh, and I, I think for him and, and last year, I think Marner was sort of a bit of the heartbeat of the team. I think him when he's on and he's engaged and he's skating and moving his feet, it's now putting the onus on some of these other players to show up and pick up their game. I know this is ridiculous talk, but watching that matchup last night, I thought it was perfect that Ovechkin and Matthews did score. For my money, the top two goal scorers in the game right now, pound for pound. Ovechkin's going to pass Gretzky one point in time. All I could wonder watching that game is why can't Matthews at some point pass Gretzky, pass Ovechkin, say Ovechkin gets there. Like He is that good, and he makes goal scoring look that easy. Having said that, I think the... The unbelievable nature of Ovechkin's career is the longevity, the stability, the consistency doing a year in and year out, right? Yeah, I played with a guy and uh, he used to always go to the older guys in the league on the team and say, if I'm still playing when I'm your age, shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) And some guys like, you know, he's going to be making over 150 million. I think by the time he's 32, like some guys like you really want to be playing to 42, 45. You're seeing some of the players now have other interests outside the game of hockey too. So um, anyway, you dice it. I think he's going to be going down as one of the greatest American goal scorers of all time. I think I said that um, his first year in the league. And I think I got a tweet from Mike Medano saying easy stew. Uh, but again, it's whether or not you break Gretzky, you know, you're scoring six, 700 goals. Like pff, that's, that's surefire hall of fame. You're not afraid to give the hot takes. That's why I love you. Official Nickel City Grunge writes in. So how's the road structure? Do the boys go out uh, on the road lots? Like, what's your answer to that? Do guys just say, I guess it's early on in the season. You would, no? The game's changed, Nick. You know that. Yeah? You know, playing video games? Back, back when I played, yeah, it was. It, it's funny. I, I tell the story of, of, of spot check. And to this day, this is why I drank triple espressos. Because usually <laughs> uh, when I'd fly into a city, I'd go home and take a, I would go back to the hotel and take a nap and then wake up and go to dinner. And he said, no, 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 Stewie, we don't do that. We go to the mall. We do a mall walk. We go to Starbucks, get triple espresso. Then we go to happy hour. We have a couple drinks. Okay. Uh, appetizers. Then we go to dinner, one glass of wine, and then we go to bed. <laughs> so <laughs> I changed my routine. <laughs> but I think my issue was, I think I went from dinner uh, back out, but, Probably. um, I think now with the younger generation, guys are into their video games. They're into their Fortnite and stuff like that too. And it's, it's tough. The stuff that I've learned about my body and how alcohol stays in your system for 14 days, the science is there where you have to pick your spot. So I can understand once a month, maybe going, but uh, it, it's changed from, Hey, every road trip, you're going for a glass of wine and some appetizers and uh, some happy hour time as well. So I think, it's yeah, changed. I was going to add too, like back in, I hate to say that like back in our day, I mean, we're, we're still young chaps, but like guys used to hack darts. They just used to eat like shit. And like, it, it's changed so much now where guys are so focused on the next level, the next game, what they put in their bodies that they're not preoccupied with what's happening after the game. Right. Cause you know, when you played, it was like, where are we going after the game? We win this game. And it's like, hey, you know, so-and-so is buying drinks. Like, we're good to go for the night. Where now, it's like they're chilling out, got foundation stuff after the game. They head back. They have a, a bit of a dinner. And that's it for the night. They turn in. Yeah, I go back to my rookie party. And we had it at, uh, I think it was like Benny Hanna's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys were trying to like, because we had a game, I think, in two days. And one of the veterans made the call. Like, we're not doing anything too crazy. I think we're in Pittsburgh. And. I think the whole entire tab between the three rookies, I think it was about, I think it was like 14 grand. So the rookie party was like 4,300 bucks because they were trying to, to, to bring up the tab. So again, it, it's changed. It's definitely changed. Uh, but I think it's for the better. Right. And, and, and for me, if I go back into my career, I'm like, well, if I focused a little bit more on the other side, I probably would have cranked out a couple more games. But I think the fact that I was a good teammate, I was a guy that was lively that went out. I think it's led to more opportunities for me away from the game, which is good too. So, um, it's, 
it's you, you take the good with the bad, but uh, I don't, I don't mind the players now because again, I have young kids and I coach young kids. I'd rather them focusing more on uh, the hockey side than the extracurriculars. <laughs> Essentially what you're saying, if, if you weren't an Atlanta thrasher, you wouldn't be guest co-hosting this show, right? <laughs> Florida Panther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Florida Panthers as well. Um, do you think they have rookie parties anymore? Like when you brought that up, I'm like, I've heard some legendary stories about rookie par- parties in the national league. And I, again, these guys are different. Yeah, they still have rookie parties, but I think what's good now is there's a mandatory day off every week. So I think you can plan it where um, you're not doing it the night before a game or you have two, three days off, right? You talk about, uh, you know, you're seeing with the Leafs, they had their Halloween party, I think last week, you know, three weeks before Halloween. So yeah, I don't think it's like the old days where you know, you got a guy missing for a day or two, <laughs> which has happened in my day. Um, but I, I think that's part of it. Part of it is being a pro hockey is, and my dad always talks about it is a club versus a team. And you want to be that team. You don't want to be a club where you just come in, punch in your two, three hours at work and then go back. That's a club. You want to be able to get together on the road, have a good time and build that camaraderie. So I think that's a big part. So uh, uh, I'd like to see the analytic stats beer per uh, win, uh, I don't know if that's a, an analytic yet, but uh, I think the teams that are closer together and have some extracurriculars, I think have success because they're more of a team. Mine would be a crown Royal shot per 60. We love our friends over at crown real crown Royal. You can see over my shoulder right now, Willie Nylander, is he a club guy or a team guy, dude? Cause he's off to an Epic start right now. Well, he's definitely a team guy cause he's staying true to his word and not letting the contract be a distraction. And, you know, it's, it's, it's for me. I, I looked at, I go back to my days in Atlanta where I had a career year and 14 goals and 40 points. And, you know, I'm sitting in my meeting end of the year meeting. They're like, well, Stewie, you didn't do this. You got to work on that. I'm like, any way you dice it, I'm getting a pay raise. So I don't care what you guys are saying. <laughs> so I think I went from 600 to 900. Uh, but I think for him now, he really doesn't care because he knows his body of work is painting a picture where, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Starting with a 10, right? If you want to maybe front load my contract, yeah, I might give you a deal at 9495, but... He's not letting this distract him one bit. And he's showing up right now. What is it? Uh, 10 points, I think, in the six games. And, you know, that's a 4-1 game. But that goal that he scored, like that was an elite play where, you know, it could have easily been a a 2-1 game for the Washington Capitals. But again, he now made an elite play. He's an elite player. He's a game breaker. And he's proving it whether it's a top player or not on his line. It doesn't affect his game. So, you know, if he has another 40 goal campaign, which I think is definitely within his grasp, you know, we might be getting into the 10, 10, five, 11, 11 million conversation. So he's earned every single penny, whether that's with Toronto, I know he wants to stay, but he is showing that he's a big, big part of this core four. I love people trying to play the blame game. It's like, Oh, why didn't they sign him in the summer? Well, maybe he didn't want to sign. Maybe he wanted to wait for the year. And now all of a sudden he's getting all these points. He's racking it up and you got dumbasses like me tweeting that he might get more than Austin Matthews, but like where, so where, where's that, 
is he making money by the game? I guess is my question. Like, I'd love to ask you, like, is he making money by the game? Every time he scores, every time he makes a nifty play, like he was controlling things. And I said this perfectly, I thought last week where he was already a star, but he's sort of turning into a superstar now. And I know again, very early on, but this is transferring over from last season too. Yeah, but he's he's proving that he's doing it in the playoffs as well. And that's exactly. sort of what's separating him from his peer group, right? And, um, you know, there's certain players on this team and other teams that sort of rely on another player getting him the getting them the puck to, to make plays, but he's driving his line, right? He's proving that, uh, you know, he is the scary spice of the Spice Girls. He's not posh. So <laughs> I think for him, he's driving Very the line. Good. He's not letting any rotation or any other winger or center really affect how his game is because he's making some big, big individual plays. Yeah. He's going to get his points on the power play, but he drives a line. And yes, I think last season he had some spells where, yeah, you know, he's playing a little bit perimeter or disinterested, but he's, he's playing like a man on the mission, but he's not letting it affect him, but he's just being himself. Um, so whether that's a game by game basis, I think he's already painted a good enough picture where I'm a $10 million guy. So Find the money. Talk to Gary about raising the cap, but uh, <laughs> show me my money. Show me the money, as they would say. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic movie. Uh, back in the day, Jerry Maguire. This is an all-time line in movies. But yeah, like that'd be. A great what do you think? What do you think, Nick? What do you like? What do you think his number is? What do you think it's going to be? I think ten and a half. I, I yeah. do think he has earned a bit of money here in the early going. Is that with Toronto though? I hope so. I hope so, but. I, it, there's going to be an awkward conversation at some point with John Tavares, man. <laughs> I hate to say it. And he's an incredible player, but if you want to make this work where Nylander's back there, there has to be an awkward conversation with John Tavares. I know he's got a well, year left, that, but he's been at a point of game. JT has been at a point of game. He's off to another good start. What if he now comes in with 30 goals and, and 90 points? Well, you know, uh, but I go younger, gotta, dude. Put I, go younger. I, go more, gotta... <laughs> I go younger. Like it's, 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 it's part of management though. Right. Like to me, and I don't know if you see it the same way. So if you're prepared to, to pay Nylander 10 and a half, there's an awkward conversation to be had with JT maybe, or it's Mitch Marner. It's one of the two, in, unless my math is off and they can find a way to keep all these guys in the mix. Cause I don't think they can. Yeah. Let's, let's just enjoy the ride, I guess. Right. That's, yeah. that's our job, right? <laughs> Cause I get heat all the time for like bringing up the future. I did it last year. Like, Oh, what's going to happen with Matthews? What's going to happen with Nylander? Like I'm trying to stay in the present, but you're so right. Like there's going to be conversations. Uh, I think if they want to keep these guys in the mix as is, and it hasn't worked in the Stanley cup playoffs, that's where I think we'll get our answer. Stewie is in the playoffs. If they can't push through, I think you have to make a big time change. And if that means, saying Nylander, we're sorry, we're not doing this anymore, or Marner is going to be a year away from UFA, maybe he's the guy to go. I think it's going to be obvious the decision, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think the one thing is that you've seen with Tree Living is he's not afraid to make the big move. You saw him make the trade for Goudreau, and uh, sorry, trading that, Goudreau out of town. You saw him. That scares the hell out of me, by the way, because if you watch Goudreau, Charlie Huberto play hockey. He didn't, yeah, he didn't trade Goudreau. He lost him, and then he now yeah. pulled the trigger on getting Huberto and, and, and Uyghur. So he's not afraid to make a big, big splash. So, you know, that with that into added into the mix, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. That big splash in Calgary, a couple mm-hmm. of those big splashes, Kadri, Huberto. Uh, there's pandemonium in Alberta right now. I'll just say that. But I, I'm glad you brought up the name John Tavares because I want you to circle this. Remember this maybe in a month from now when you're doing this show again. And JT's going through a rough patch where he's struggling and picks up one point in six games and everyone wants to trade his ass and hates him. Just remember his importance to this team. And I, you know this. I mean, you've watched this guy. You've played against him. I just think he brings so many intangibles to the table. When they named the captain, I thought he was just the perfect guy. I covered him in junior. Like not, We talked about Joe Wall. Nothing phases John Tavares. And I think you look at the body of work production-wise in his career as a Maple Leaf. I think he's lived up to the contract, dude. Year in, year out, A, he's been healthy, and B, he's produced. I don't know what more people can want. But again, it is Toronto. I think he's built for this market. Yeah, and I think the issue is that is they have, you know, three other superstars slash stars in, in Marner, Matthews, and, uh, and and Nylander, right? So I think he goes underappreciated, right? And, you know, we every year, I think two or three times, oh, what's going on with JT? And, and I look at the stats, 
and he's at a point of game or just under a point of game. And I think people don't really understand. It's tough to be a point of game player in the national hockey league consistently. And mm-hmm. yes, the foot speed isn't what it used to be. And it's, it's not a forte of his game, but you know, you look at that game yesterday, they could have easily been down two one three one four one, but you know, he scores that big goal with that big tip. So he makes plays. He goes to the hard areas. He's not afraid to get to the net. Uh, he's a really good at the bumper guy on, on the power play as well. He's playing the flank as well. Uh, so for me, it's, he's come as advertised. He's come as advertised, but I think he goes underappreciated because there's three other guys, but you know, if you're in Columbus or if you're in, uh, you know, some of these other markets, a San Jose, you're going to be like, man, I wish, I wish I had a John Tavares. So I think it's an abundance of richness of the Ford group uh, with Toronto that has him be underappreciated. Yeah. And I give him credit because he wanted the smoke by coming home and he releases the whole picture and all that leaves Long Island. He's still hated there like six years later, but he wanted to. Who's more hated like- him or you in Long Island, by the way? Um, I would probably say him now because I've softened. <laughs> I uh, we did a couple of things at All-Star Weekend with some Islanders. You were stunned at that. Some Islanders folks in the mix there. And I'm like, yeah, man, I've really made amends in that market. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we can't divulge what happened. But nevertheless, yeah, like JT wanted that smoke, dude. He he wanted that smoke. And I'll always credit him for that. Like it takes the right person, A, to want to come home, B, to come home, to be the captain of this organization and this franchise and produce and I don't think he'll ever get the credit for that. It's like in the playoffs, like or it's whatever. When he's going through a rough patch, when he looks slow, it's like next man up, right? It's just this market. Like I have people texting me on a daily basis, where's Mitch Marner? I'm like, can you relax? It's six games into the season. But that's this market, right? Yeah, and I had an opportunity after I had my career year of 40 points to sign with the Maple Leafs. And, and my agent's like, really? He's like, He's like, they can bury your contract on the way to burying five more of your contracts. So we highly advise you don't sign in Toronto because one thing goes wrong, they could bury. So there's that pressure, right? Where there's uh, that pressure to win. There's the media and you're either really, really liked or you're really, really, really not liked in Toronto. There's not really a middle ground uh, with the Maple Leafs. And, you know, I've had buddies over the past where they've been offered an abundance amount of money to come and play, but they can't necessarily handle the scrutiny that comes with it. Right. And, you know, I, I, I play with Brian McCabe and, you know, when I was with him in Florida, they, we always talked about the Brian McClutz where he was on the front page of the Toronto sun because he crashed it. Like what other market is that where you're on the front page of the city newspaper because you fell into the net? Like, so it's, it's, it's tough and it takes a special kind of person. It's uh, specialer than me because I couldn't handle it. Uh, so for him to do that and jump into the limelight head first and saying, this is my city. I want to be the captain. I want to be the guy that writes the ship and writes the wrongs of 40 or 50 years since winning the last Stanley cup that shows what type of person and leader he is. What year was that where you almost signed with the Leafs? Uh, 2012, maybe. Yeah. So you would have been teammates with Jay Rosell. Yeah. Yeah. You would have been, you would have been mucking it around with him. That's he could have fought on my battles for me. I've been chirping out there and he could have fought. Yeah. So was that your former co coworker at Sportsnet that was uh, talking to you, Brian Burke? Uh, it was either him or notice. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That group. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. One That's... year, I think it was one year, seven fifty, And I'm like, they're like, uh, I think they just buried Jeff fingers contract too. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, yeah, don't. Cause you have a bad week or a bad month. You're, you're playing at the Rico center. <laughs> which is right around the corner for me. But like, it's funny you say that I have a couple of buddies right in the league right now. Um, and same thing. They they're from the area. They've had offers in the past, but it's like, they're like borderline guys. So it's like, if I come like, it's like very comparable to like a Dylan Gambrell gets hurt in training camp. Right. And are we going to see from the guy ever again? Probably this year, probably not, yeah. but you can take that or you can go somewhere else where you have a legit shot to crack that roster. Right. Yeah, and I'm going to make a prediction right now. And uh, again, we'll, we'll okay. talk about a common friend. And and again, I think for the Leafs right now, if they add a player like your friend Adam Henrique, and that's a guy that I was on the ice with all summer. God. This guy is legit. He is legit, and I could see him in that top six or that top line, really making some big, big plays. And uh, I, I think he'd be a perfect fit. Professional by every uh, letter of the law. His uh, father-in-law is Stumpy Thomas. So there's the uh, correlation to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I I disagree. I think he'd be a perfect third-line center. What's the big issue with this team right now? They can't find a third-line center. And the thing with Rico, it's his contract, right? I think you have to get as close to um, deadline day to pull off a transaction like that. But yeah, 
I'm not just saying that because he's my buddy, but like I think it would be a good fit. On top of that, he's a guy who's just scratching and clawing. He wants to win. That's all that matters to him. The points don't matter. He's he's well well liked in that Ducks room. He wears a letter for a reason. But it's more so like he wants to get back to the playoffs. Like if you remember one of his first big goals in his career was scoring to send the Devils, I think, to the Stanley Cup final, right? Take on the Los Angeles Kings all those years ago. But like he's a clutch player. It might have been to send him to the conference final, but nevertheless, like he's a clutch player and he's a guy who can get the job done when it matters. And they're always looking for that tertiary scoring, right, Stewie? Yeah, that tertiary. I think I've trademarked that too. And I think for him, it's, you know, you, you watch a lot of games on TV, but being on the ice with him, seeing his individual skill, like I was, I was, I was shocked. Like he could make some plays. And like, I'm like, I said the same thing with Phil Giuseppe. And, you know, a lot of people called me out on this last year. I'm like, this guy's an NHL guy. He could score 10 to 15 goals. And he's on his way to doing that. I think with Rico, Again, he could score 25, 25 easily, right? And he could be yep. that tertiary scoring guy that play, win some face-offs. Uh, he can play on the wing as well. Yep. Um, I agree. He, he's a Swiss Army Knife type of player. And I think every team that's contending needs a player like that. Kills penalties as well. So, yeah, we're fully endorsing that. But I want to see the Ducks do well as well. Uh, Frankie Vetrano scores the winner last night, and that was a big-time win for them in Columbus. They were part of that uh that the power was out in Columbus. So they had a, a late start to their game where they're ready to go at the barn. And then all of a sudden they go back to the hotel. So yeah, that's certainly somebody to monitor. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now that I think Henry could be a good fit. And again, it's really early. I mean, we're still months away from the trade deadline, but that's one of the things for me, um, Stewie, is like the gaping hole is like a third line center or like that type of guy who can kill penalties, be a Swiss army type guy. And obviously like a defenseman or two, right? Yeah, but we would talk about the dreaded cap, right? And I think you're going to get a text from Henrik saying, like, dude, I'm trying to get to Colorado. Why are you guys canvassing to, me, to get me to Toronto? I think and, he'd be open to it. I'll just say that. Yeah, but I, I think now, like, again, you, with this group, too, six new fours, including nice, it takes time to figure it out. It takes time to get accustomed to the city, the media, and all that. And right now, the team, what are they, four and two? So they're winning right now, despite some guys struggling and not getting that chemistry. So yeah, in a perfect world, yeah, I can give you exactly what the team needs, but how do you fit that under the cap without affecting the chemistry, affecting trading a, a big, big piece as well, and, and disrupting what you already have going on that seems to be working so far early in the season. Man, did you see uh, Zadorov, what he had to say about his team yesterday before the game? Oh yeah, he just chirped him, and then. But again, I I, I like that you can be honest, and the fact and that he can say lost. that he backs it up, so he has the respect of his teammates too. But I can imagine if someone said that in Toronto, imagine that. Well, who was it? Who was the goalie that said something, and then they ran him out of town? <laughs> oh yeah, Babcock's like I just wanted to play goalie. What's his name? The American guy. Could somebody in the chat bring it up? Oh, Sparks. <laughs> Garrett Sparks. Remember he said something, and Babcock just flushed him. He's like, I don't want my backup goalie saying anything. Oh. Yeah, we had we had that sometimes where like a guy would like just like call the team out in the dressing room and like I'm like everything that you're saying, it's what you're doing. You're not forechecking, you're not playing defense, your shifts are too long. So what are you sitting there talking about? We need to you need to do that. So I think the accountability goes both ways. And for him to speak up and, and not have it really from essentially for people to say, Yeah, he's right, that just shows sort of what's going on in Calgary right now. Dude, I had a couple people uh, tweeting me yesterday that suggest Mike Babcock go to Edmonton, and I said, fuck no. But nevertheless, um, I think Calgary is going to be a team of interest for obvious reasons, too. The deadline, far away, but there is a, uh, a plethora of defensemen that the GM in Toronto knows rather well there. Even watching last night, Chris Tanev comes to mind, um, Zadorov, contract year guys like that. Like, There's some guys who can make sense on that roster, no? Is, uh, is Hannafin resigning or? It sounds like he's close, actually. Yeah, yeah. And and, it, and it's, again, he he has that connection to Calgary. And, you know, there's some players up front, too, that I think would be good to take a flyer on as well, too. But it's 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 too early to predict, right? It's too early to predict. Yeah. Um, I want to see, you know, how Klingberg now continues to run the power play. He has five assists so far. I yeah. want to see some other guys step up and see what they're giving with, uh, you know, increased ice time. I'd like to see how McCabe, uh, you know, pans out as well to what's going to happen with Brody. So see what's going on with this core uh, before you now start uh, hitting the shopping center, trying to replace everybody. Yeah. What shopping center would that be for you? Uh, Scarborough no Town Center? No frills. No frills. No frills? Yeah. I thought you said the Scarborough Town Center. No, no, no frills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, that's a good point. You're very, you know, because they're going to be bargain shopping, right? And that's exactly. another thing too. That's why, it, yeah, everyone wants to go out and, and get, uh, 
a, a big marquee right shot defenseman, right? Yeah, let's go get Brandon Montour. He'll be perfect on this on this group. But okay, what's it going to cost you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they have Brandon Pridham to make those decisions and to try to scoop up that cap. We we certainly cannot. But I think once a week, we want to keep a tradition on this show. And we I think every Wednesday, I aim to look at the Atlantic Division standings. And we're going to put those up right now because there's been some brilliant stories early on. I know yesterday I got some heat on Twitter. Surprise, surprise. When I called Ottawa and Buffalo frauds, I still think they're frauds. But Buffalo goes in. They beat the Ottawa Senators. Both teams still can't get a save. But without question, Stu, the big story for me the Detroit Red Wings to start their off too. I know last night they blew it, but Alex Dabrinkit and Dylan Larkin are like Batman and Robin right now. Do you believe in that team? I do. And I kept saying like, look how young this team is, but you're seeing guys like Sherratt, Comfer and Larkin. And like, they're not a young, young team. They have some great players and, and Raymond and, and Siders too, but they have some very capable players and they have guys that have, have been through the ringer that know uh, what the day-to-day life is in the national hockey league too. And so they have those veteran guys sprinkled in with some of those young core. And I think they've been getting the goaltending uh, so far and that's the key to their success. And, you know, for me and, I'm not going to say I may or may not have predicted the downfall of the Boston Bruins. Uh, they're sitting at 6-0-0, and I think I had them not making the playoffs. So I'm not going to confirm or deny that I said that. But again, there's a lot of big surprises too. But again, we talk about the, the league being in segments. We're in the middle of segment two. Uh, every five games, you sort of reassess. Yeah. Let's, let's, chat after, let's chat after game 18-19 to see exactly where everybody's at. Yeah, Stewie does love those five-game segments. And on Boston, I'm right there with you. Like, I... Weirdly enough, they're they're six for six. I still don't know if they're legit or not. They've beaten Chicago twice, Nashville, San Jose. The most legit team in that six is the Los Angeles Kings, and they beat the Anaheim Ducks, who are a cellar dweller. I was trying to look, like, when's their first legit game? It's Saturday against Detroit. They play the Ducks tomorrow. They play the Panthers Monday. They play the Leafs on November 2nd. Like, that's when I think we're going to find out what Boston is. Because you lose players like that, and... This Poitras kid, that's a great story and all that. And they have some good players on that roster. But how do you do against like the elite teams is my question. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I talk about the loss of Bergeron and how big of an impact he had, not just on the ice, you know, being a Selkie guy and perennial Selkie winner, but just his impact in the dressing room, in the community. Right. A lot of times when you're you're going through a lull or the team struggling, it was Patrice Bergeron that would step up and make something happen. So the fact that he's gone now, you're now putting that onus on different guys, you know, Marchment and then some other guys, Marchand, excuse me, and other guys. Are they really ready to handle that limelight and handle that pressure that Bergeron so easily handled the last 15 years of his career? So that's why I had them not making the playoffs. And I can see my phone dinging up right now on social media saying, ah, ha, ha. Remember when he said Jack Campbell was winning the uh, the Vesna, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to bring it up. Uh, I, I've been waiting for them and the downfall of the Boston Bruins now for the last six years. And every year they keep proving me wrong. So that just shows what type of core they have, but uh, what expectations to excellence they've had the last couple of years as well. All I'll say is God bless Kyle Dubas for not re-signing Jack Campbell. And number two, people scoffed at my explanation as to why I wasn't a Jack Campbell guy. The guy walks his cat. Okay. He walks his cat. Am I shocked by the fact that he can't make a save anymore? No, it just shows you Sheldon Keefe's system actually worked. So is that an analogy? He walks his cat or he literally walks no, his cat? No, <laughs> dude, this guy, during the, I think it was a story during the pandemic, but he was talking about how he took his cat for a walk. And I said, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, should you be a goalie in the NHL? Probably not. Oh, well, we talked about earlier at the top of the show how some goaltenders are weirder than others, right? So... Again, the the conundrum of the Maple Leafs goal crease, it's it continues, right? And I, I always talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I say the crease has been uh, cursed since Hextall. So it's, yes. it's a tough, tough market. But it really now you appreciate guys, you know, like Curtis Joseph and, and Belfour and how great those guys actually were. I'm getting a buzz in my ear. I think it's two cats that he has. Weirdly enough, that is my favorite bar in downtown Toronto. Go for it. You're banned now. You're you're crapping on cats. They're going to ban Yeah, I'm you. shitting on cats, so I'm banned from two cats. Nevertheless, Don't mess with ten- cats. Isn't that the name of the, uh, <laughs> the Netflix documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck with cats. Yeah, I watched yeah. that too. Pretty gruesome shit if you want to check it out over at Netflix. Who doesn't sponsor this show? They should. The Botano Wrap-Up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So, We had 16 games yesterday in the NHL, and I put together a fun uh, 16-team parlay just for the hell of it because Frozen Frenzy actually went 12 for 16, if you can believe it. Like, that's 
I was almost there, you know? I was going to, and again, we're friends, so I was going to chirp you on Twitter, but I was going to call you. you a coward for only putting 25 cents. You should have put $25 on. Imagine that. If you hit that. I So I made the joke on my if NHL podcast. Cats. If you hit that, you could have bought two cats. <laughs> I don't know, dude. When it, I don't know. Anybody in the chat who bets or if you bet, Stewie, like, I find I work too hard for my money. And by working hard, I, I turn on this blue screen behind me and I set up this great background with other our fantastic sponsors. But I work too hard for my money. And the, my one problem with betting is I can't bet too much. I, I can't get to that level where I'm throwing out like 100 bucks on a bet, man. I bet just more for leisure. Well, I'll give you a, a good rule of thumb to live by with betting. Whatever you want to win, you have to be willing to lose. So that's a good way to sort of gauge how much to put on. So yeah, everybody wants to win 5,000, but are you willing to lose 5,000? So if the answer is no, well, then you got to lower your expectations a little bit. It's funny you say that because last year, and uh, I think Rosie shared this story on the podcast, he was in Vegas and uh, the Capitals were there at the same time. And Rosie actually bumped into Alex Ovechkin at like a uh, table in Vegas. Oh, really? And that's the notorious thing about Alex Ovechkin. A lot of people talk about he loves to gamble. Yeah. So I'm not a big gambling guy. Like when I go to Vegas, I'll play a little bit of uh, roulette. Little bit, yeah. Tournaments here and there, but uh, that's a good rule of thumb to sort of keep me honest and keep me uh, accountable. I got chirp. Speaking of accountability, TML, what other jobs does Nick have besides this podcast? Well, I actually host the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast available wherever you find your podcast. It's only the top fantasy podcast in the world, so make sure you check it out. No big deal. Aside from that, not much. (laughs) (laughs) Stu, uh, so just to quick look, Lee, I guess we did the Botano wrap-up, didn't give a bet for it today, and uh, bless us on that front. The Devils and the Capitals, the only game. Ovechkin, we didn't even get to that. He had like 13 shots on goal last night, but I would look at the shot prop again. I think he's starting to feel it a bit. I would look at the over in that game. And Jack Hughes, man, I'm sure you've seen this kid skate in the GTA. He has 14 points in five games. Uh, I, I think, it, again, very early, but the Hart Trophy could be Jack Hughes' to lose this season. I think so. He's playing some amazing hockey and he looks like a video game out there. The one goal he scored, he's just coming in the neutral zone, skating two, three, four guys. Okay. I'll come to the middle now and I'm going to bury it too. So uh, I'm not sure what the, what the prop is for any time goal for Veshkin, but he seems like he was a man on a mission yesterday to score. So I think there's going to be a bunches, a uh, bunch of goals coming in bunches a lot sooner than later, starting uh, with tonight. Hey, we might see you on a uh, betting commercial like Chris Pronger sooner rather than later because Semp, uh, Sempcast waiting lions and yeah, right. <laughs> he's in every commercial. Great gambling advice, boys. That's good. It's it's fair advice. I'm happy you brought that up because that that is my concern. And you you chirped me and rightfully so. I put twenty five cents down on a sixteen parlay. I'm trying to win a billion dollars. Well, I got to put twenty five cents down, <laughs> dude. It paid out like thirty three hundred. You know how big thirty three hundred <laughs> would be for me for anybody. Well, what have you put twenty five dollars? <laughs> yeah, but it was one of those like hell Marys. Like I ain't fucking winning. That's what it was. <laughs> okay, put two dollars, five dollars down. Like twenty five cents. Then you tweet it too. I'm like, oh man. Like <laughs> so. This has been the gambling corner with Anthony Stewart. Stewie, we'll leave it at that. Great stuff, and uh, we'll talk next month. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Anthony Stewart, Jake Rosso, back in the saddle tomorrow. We're going to tee up the game against the Dallas Stars. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. I guess Stewie didn't want to wait around for the end of the show, which I love. Uh, many thanks to Aaron Bordato as well. Everybody in the chat, you guys were fantastic. I'm flying solo to wrap this thing up. I'm Nick Alberga at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe and listen here on YouTube. And we'll talk tomorrow. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 